With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit or graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Harry Palm. Ghost <laughs> Boner. There's two boys and a dog and a dream. Red Rocket, Red Rocket. <laughs> Taste. Doug Jones. Biff. Doug Jones. Biff. As H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. Broadcasting Undead from the B-Ward, this is the Postmortem Show. I'm Dom. And I'm J.D. And today, we have a very special guest in studio. Get your hand sanitizer ready. It's about to get crusty in this bitch. Mr. J.B.B. Jizzbrittle Brandt. <laughs> I gotta say, man, you smell a lot better than I imagined. <laughs> it's like there's two of us. <laughs> help. Send help. <laughs> yes, this has uh, been a meeting a long time in the making. And just bro, Brent, we we're very, very fortunate to have you here today. The honor is all mine, good sirs. Look forward to many more. He uh, He's already fast friends with Biff, I understand. Yeah, he... Didn't really understand at first that Biff is actually retarded. <laughs> it was weird, though. I came in and Biff's wearing the Santa negligee like he was all prepared. <laughs> I dressed him up. <laughs> Classy. So Jizzbertle Brenton is here on a trucking mission. But earlier this week, I had a couple other people at my house on a different kind of mission. I've been invaded by Mormons. And so it all started. If you give a Mormon a cookie... <laughs> He's going to bring his friend. But they won't ask for a hot drink. <laughs> so my wife got a drawing of her brother who unfortunately passed away from a Mormon. And now they've spread <laughs> so, the word. Sorry, that the, the way you worded that was funny. Like he, he was murdered by a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you could say that. And ever since then, the word has spread around town. And now we're being inundated and recruited, Dom. Yeah. I told her. You're already Mormon. You just don't know it. Well, did you show them your match where you wrestled as JD Mormon? No, I didn't. I should. Yeah. They'd probably be really proud of me or super offended. Yeah. E- either way, you know, it's a win-win, I call that. But enough of that Mormon talk. We got Jesper Brent on here. 
no more appropriate list than top five horror movie characters that you have a hard on for. I'm running roads and dropping loads to a city near you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that this list is going to reveal something about all of us. Okay. I know mine will. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that uh, Jisborough Brents will also. But uh, <laughs> but before we get to that, we got a little bit of horror news for you. Horror news. Adrian Langley's Butchers is coming to VOD in January. In the film, a family of sadistic butchers has dug into the backcountry and... From the deep freeze of winter to the dog days of summer, anyone who crosses their path is dead meat. A preview is available at Bloody Disgusting and YouTube. It's clearly influenced by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it looks like it's going to be pretty brutal. The director has a long list of short films and TV credits, and this looks to be his second feature film, but it has my attention. There's some nasty, nasty violence in this preview. Awesome. That's what we need more, some more gritty violence. Yeah. No more remakes. No. And no more sequels. So for my first piece of news, I have some news about a sequel. Oh, shit. Earlier this year, the third installment of the Collector series, titled The Collected, was forced to stop production due to the COVID-19 pandemic. After a hiatus, the crew is back to continue making the film that sees the return of The Collector, and director Marcus Dunstan is back. I really liked the first Collector, but number two was a little ridiculous with a ghost ship level mass killing scene the most memorable part. I laughed so hard at that scene. <laughs> the Collector himself was captured by the main character at the end of Part 2, and the story's going to continue where it left off for Part 3 of the trilogy. COVID has halted so many upcoming horror films, and life in general here in America, but I'm glad to see some of these movies picking back up and trying to entertain us during the shitstorm that is 2020, while being produced in a safe way. Hell yeah. It's good to see that this juggernaut has not stopped rolling. I'll definitely be checking this one out, as The Collector was a mid-level home invasion movie that was much better than what we've gotten in the last year or so. But we'll get into that later, when we do Dom and JD and JBB at the movies. <laughs> you know, when I first saw The Collector, I didn't really like it. I was like, eh, this is, this is pretty mediocre. But as the years went by, I've rewatched it, and I like it a little bit more every time that I see it. I don't know if it's because it's comparatively better than all of the other shit, like you've said, but... Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Massacre Academy is a retro-style slasher directed by Mark Cantu, and it comes to video on demand in early 2021. The story follows the lone survivors of a brutal series of murders two years ago by the infamous killer Carney the Killer Clown. Now, as she is trying to pick up the pieces of her life, another series of killings begin and set her on a path to face Carney once more. It's basically a sequel to a previous movie that was never made. A preview is available at Dread Central, and it features a killer with a rotting flesh clown mask who kills with a giant hammer, and it has some really fucking nasty-looking gore. This is Mark Cantu's sixth feature film, though I haven't seen anything else that he's made. The trailer is definitely worth a look, though, especially if you like smashed heads. If Mark can, you can too. That's right. Get it? I do, his last yeah. name is Cantu. Yeah. I just need some more killer clowns in my life. I don't need this movie. I need killer clowns from Outer Space Part 2, Don. Yeah. Or give me some more Art the Clown something. but That's coming. That's coming soon. I know. Or maybe some more Papa Corn. Papa Corn, yeah. JBB, did you watch that movie yet? Oh, yeah. Papa Corn, you like it? <laughs> Papa Corn came, came on very unexpected for me. I loved every minute of it. I did not see it going where it was going to end up going. And You mean with Clown Dick? 
Because <laughs> yeah. really, any movie that ends with clown dick is unexpected. <laughs> we already ruined a surprise for one of my top five. <laughs> Papa Corn made JBB. Papa Boner. <laughs> a YouTube content creator named Geyerbrick, because I refuse to say YouTuber, although I guess I just did, has created a Grand Theft Auto extended version of one of our favorite movies of the last few years trailer, Mandy, and uploaded it to YouTube. Full-on Grand Theft Auto Mandy. The trailer is damn near shot-for-shot shot perfect, but expanded upon over six and a half minutes, proving that although it is kind of cool, some people have way too much time on their hands. <laughs> I've seen people do other things with Grand Theft Auto movies. Um, the band Horror actually made a music video out of Grand Theft Auto stuff, but I don't get how they do it. Is there a, a piece of software that you can buy that lets you customize what's going on, or how does that work? I have no idea, Donald, but... I'm asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely something that's uh, your type of news. I've yeah. seen a few of these video game recreations using source audio, and this is by far the best one yet. Dom, you definitely need to check it out. As does any fan of the movie or the GTA franchise, you can't beat 64-bit Cheddar Goblins. Oh, shit. So for my last piece of news, I was going to talk about the new um, fucking Cannibal Holocaust video game, but, but fuck that, because something happened last night, and it's way better news than some fucking lame-ass video game. Okay. A couple weeks ago, we had Rachel Riley come on our show, a friend of mine from a long time ago who is directing a short film called The Neighbor about a uh, young man who begins to believe that his neighbor is a soul-sucking succubus. Well, last night, I spoke with Rachel, and I am writing the score for this movie now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she, she has brought me in to, uh, to write the music for it. I'm going to be cracking on it starting tomorrow, so hopefully that'll be together soon. One foot in the door, Dom. That's all you need. Yep. That's that's all I need. Just got to show that I can do it. So, you know, I've been writing music for fucking 25 plus years uh, and, uh, you know, doing all, all the stuff for podcasts and doing a, a film score has been on my bucket list. And it's it's time. You're the next goblin. <laughs> you know, when I was talking to her about about what she wants, because the, the, the score is going to be a lot of synthwave stuff. And then for the horror elements, we're going to bring in like water harp and stuff like that. Um, but kind of how we were talking was, uh, a John Carpenter style score. Uh, but I kind of like the idea of a goblin score a little bit better. <laughs> I see that's more your style. Yeah. One of my most anticipated movies of 2020 that I still haven't seen due to its limited release. is finally coming to VOD and Blu-ray this January. The team of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who brought us a trippy cult movie, The Endless, are back with a new sci-fi thriller called Synchronic. Oh yeah, I saw something about this. Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan star in Synchronic as two New Orleans paramedics whose lives are ripped apart after encountering a series of horrific deaths linked to designer drug with bizarre otherworldly effects. Is Tom Sizemore in it as one of the ambulance drivers as well? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like he should be, but yeah. this looks fucking Lovecraftian and awesome, and I can't wait to finally see this one. And it looks like a mindfuck for sure. All other movies have been mindfucks. I revised my top five most anticipated and add this as my number one recently. So, Synchronic, coming soon. That's it for horror news. Now, we teased this segment last week when I came up with the idea for trucker jokes. <laughs> you know what? If you build it, they will come. C-U-M. 
And by they, you mean the lot lizards? <laughs> by they, I mean Jizz Brittle Brand. <laughs> <laughs> Live here in studio. And I gave Jizz Brittle Brand a couple of trucker jokes. And now he's going to return the favor. JD and Jizz Brittle Brand's trucker joke corner. Woohoo! Why do women make terrible truck drivers? Why? Because you give them a full load and they take nine months to deliver. Woohoo! <laughs> a cop pulled me over today and said, Papers, son. So I said, Scissors, I win. And then I knocked him over and went and drove to a brothel. Woohoo! <laughs> I called my boss and I said, I just ran a pig over. What do I do now? Now he asked me, is it dead? I said, oh yeah, it's dead. Is the truck okay? Truck's okay. Okay, so bury it and drive away. 10-4, good buddy. So I do my thing and then I call him back when it's all done. I said, it's all done. He said, did you bury it? I said, yeah, but I don't know what to do about that cop car. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Nice. That's how you can tell he's the experienced trucker. I know. I'm I'm the novice. Yeah. You know, he's my uh, master splinter. He's my Mr. Miyagi <laughs> when it comes to truck driver jokes. Yep. You know? I got a lot of lizard jokes, but I didn't even think about joking about the police or my boss or any of that thing. <laughs> I just, I need just Brittle Brent. I need you to show me the way. That's right. Take you to the Shaolin temple of, of truck driver jokes and make you stand up on a log for three days until you tell the ultimate joke. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for Horror News. We will be back with Dom and JD and JBB at the movies after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go down to the movies with Dom and JD, the blood boobies, and... Psychos, monsters, bloody slashes, maniacs, and tits and asses, chainsaws, knives, and facial bashes, on postmortem. Let's go down to the movies with Dom and JD for some more... Doug Jones! No, Doug Jones. All right, we're back with Dom and JD at the movies. And joining us in the theater is Biff's new best friend, Jizz Brittle Brent. Well, it's not hard to be best friends when all you do is jerk each other off. Whoa. He, he gave you the reach around, too? <laughs> Red Rocket. <laughs> all right, we're going to start off at the movies with our first movie this week. It's a 2020 slasher written by Brett Easton Ellis and directed by Tim Hunter, starring Ronan Rubenstein, Mia Serafino, and Crispin Glover, the Smiley Face Killers. The slow-ass killers. <laughs> Handsome young soccer player Jake Graham believes he's going insane, unable to shake the feeling of being stalked by something, by someone. 
His friends and everyone around him believe he's just anxious and prone to paranoia, questioning his mental state. But Jake is actually being followed by a small group of serial killers that track, drug, torture, and drown beautiful young men, leaving only a graffiti smiley face as their signature. Emphasis on the beautiful young men. Yeah, there's something real, real gay about this movie. <laughs> Maybe it was written by Brett Easton Ellis. Well, well yeah, but I, I wonder if the director was gay, too, because there was just something about this movie where it was just him going throughout his day, but it's like, here we observe the young closeted homosexual in his native environment. <laughs> it opens up with some long, drawn-out scenes with no dialogue, but some pretty good cinematography, but way too much of that shit. Then it's overplayed with words that explain that over 150 college guys have been found drowned with a bag over their head with a smiley face spray-painted on it. Dun-dun-dun! Then we get long, drawn-out shots of a dude in a Speedo, glistening, after getting out of a pool. Glistening. Weights, riding a bike. But no, 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 it's glistening. Riding a bike, lifting weights, and showering with stupid music. And then not being able to have sex with his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> because he's thinking about Crispin Glover. <laughs> Artsy-fartsy kind of bullshit, and at this point, I knew I was in trouble. And the main character, Jake, is convinced he's being followed. From the beginning of this movie, 12 and a half minutes, I counted, before anything really happened. A goat got like killed. Any, any dialogue? Yeah, anything. There, there, was, there was dialogue well, of... Bah, bah. <laughs> speaking of, of goat murder, um, also put here, bad acting forward slash gay porn, question mark. Bad if, acting. If the Get animal murder... The yeah, if, if, the, <laughs> if that first scene wouldn't have been there, I would have thought y'all were tricking me into watching gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, we should have done that <laughs> for like the first 20 minutes. I was like, all right, well, I was like, I'll, I'll keep... I'll keep going. Hey, watch this movie, then come over to my house, JBB. <laughs> it's called Shaving oh Ryan's gosh. Privates. No, trust me, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, for me, oh man. Yeah, it was just so slow and so horrible. Like, the movie was basically long-form stalking, but they didn't know how to build tension to it at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, This is supposedly based off of true events, or a theory of <laughs> true events. But yet the killers were still mystical and like vanishing. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, like, uh, the score was bad. I actually really like the score, but I knew yeah. you would. Yeah. But I it, it's, it's my, my kind of thing. Yeah. Fit, I like that kind of music. I just don't think it fit that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing that made the slow parts tolerable. It's like, okay, oh cool. The, this part's super slow. I'm not turned on by this guy. I'm just going to close my eyes and listen to the music and wait for someone to talk. You know what? That music is the only thing that makes that shower scene make sense. <laughs> God, there's the gay porn. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. You can no, yeah, there, there's be as gay wrong. as you want, but this movie but when was you don't know that that's horror movie. When you don't know that's what's going to happen. It's, it's <laughs> and, little... you know, and all that buildup and no fucking butt sex. Come on. I know. Yeah. You didn't even show dick. Yeah, there's not even once. Yeah. What's with the tape? Make with the dick. <laughs> Just the cuck. Crispin Glover. <laughs> There was good gore, though. I like fucking great gore. <laughs> okay, good practical effects. Yeah. When it finally got there. <laughs> yeah. I really I enjoyed the last 10 minutes of the movie and the scene where the guy got his face smashed with a hammer. Those yeah. were the two high points of this. Um, I don't know why they felt the need to tie all of it to the smiley face killing urban legend, though. Other than the fact that it was the setup and maybe inspired it a little, they could have easily just 
made it a cult stalking a guy and not have to tie it to this. The only thing I can think is it's like a marketing thing. This movie was absolute horseshit until Crispin Glover was revealed and the practical gore began. Crispin's following around Jake in a white van very inconspicuously, and Jake's mental state deteriorates and he becomes increasingly paranoid due to mystery text messages and alienates everyone around him and his life. When Jake is finally abducted, they strip him down, but they cover his dick with tape as to not show a peen, which is very illogical given the circumstances. We are Galil. You are Galil. You always have been. So we're going to duct tape your dick. Yeah. Maybe that's what that god or, or whoever he's supposed to be the Avatar 4 was into. Like, what, what, what if that's like the god of duct tape dicks? Goodbye, horses. <laughs> <laughs> This is definitely not enough Crispin in this movie for me. I did think it was an interesting choice to not really give him much of any dialogue. He had a little few snippets here and there, but he must be at a point in his career where he's like, I can fucking play a role and not say a word. I'm Crispin fucking Glover. I'm making sandwiches. (laughs) Don't bother me while I'm making my lunch. (laughs) He chose that effect on him mm-hmm. he said oh i'm gonna be bald and i'm gonna have a cleft lip i'm gonna actually use tape to tape my lip back that was all his choice wow he insisted that that happened and he wanted to be like lon cheney was his goal he pulled it off yeah i mean he's more like dick cheney though <laughs> than this, than lon cheney. <laughs> taped up dick cheney <laughs> taped up dick cheney's is a great rating system <laughs> yeah i, I think that Aside from the score, which I which I enjoyed, and the good practical violence and the last couple of minutes of the movie, this movie was a waste of Crispin Glover's talents. You know, he he could have taken he could have played that character in anything else, and it would have fit into damn near any other horror movie. And you know, there could have been more happening than just a fucking van driving around stalking a guy on a bike as he glistens his way out of the pool. <laughs> he could have been a good Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that would be fucking great, yeah. But, man, IMDb gives The Smiley Face Killers 3.6 out of 10. I'm going to have to give it 1.6 taped up dick Crispin Glovers. I gave it a 4. 4 out of 10 taped up dick Crispin Glovers? Yeah, purely for the practical effects and the music. The emphasis on practical effects and the emphasis on really, really good gore was refreshing for me, even if it was in a shitty movie. Okay. What about you, JBV? Well, I ended up giving it about a 4.0, but that was literally just for the practical effects. And I like Crispin Glover. Um, other than that, like it would have been a one. If, it, if they wouldn't have had that, it would have been a one for me. Yeah. The first, the first six eighths of this movie <laughs> are a zero and then you know the those those last two eighths were like okay this is good goodbye horses <laughs> would you tape up my dick i'd tape up my dick <laughs> that's how i make my lunch <laughs> every morning as i set off to work i i tuck my dick in i tape it back I make some sandwiches, and I head off on the road in my big old truck. Right, JBB? (laughs) How do you you sit for a long haul with your dick taped up like that, though? That's got to be uncomfortable. Carefully. (laughs) Fair enough. Got to protect your load. Got to make sure it's strapped and secured. By I mean strapping my load down, I mean tucking my dick back behind my legs. (laughs) Got to make sure, you know, cargo doesn't shift to the side. 
Yeah, I was just thinking mine can't reach behind my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every day when you untape it and unfurl it, just as you're about to let it fly loose, you go, Autobots roll out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next movie this week for Dom and JD and JBB, the one and only Jizz Brittle Brent, live in studio at the movie. The theater floor is extra sticky. <laughs> That's not popcorn or or any kind of melted snow cone. But it is butter. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> 2016 documentary directed by Jai Love. Dead hands dig deep. Jai Love sounds like a terrible R&B singer. I'm just going to get that out of the way right <laughs> That's now. That's what I thought, too. While living in complete isolation in the desert of Southern California, a long-forgotten shock rock musician reflects on his dark past of drug abuse violence, and self-destruction. This is the story of frontman Edwin Borsing and his band, Kettle Cadaver. I had never heard of Kettle Cadaver before I watched this movie. No, I hadn't either. And it's totally something that's in my wheelhouse, which is surprising. Definitely. Kettle Cadaver is definitely a Dom band. Yeah. Let's say somewhere in between a JD band and a Dom band, it's Kettle Cadaver. Opens up with some quotes. He stapled his face committed bestiality with a dead coyote, and kicked a dead cow's head out into the audience. The show was stopped in 26 seconds. <laughs> I checked this out because someone linked to it on a Gigi Allen post that said it that he makes Gigi look like Mr. Rogers, <laughs> which I don't really agree with. No, I don't either. We'll get into that, though. I've got some shit to say about this. I would say that Gigi wasn't as extreme with the self-mutilation, like nailing his dick to a board and all that kind of stuff, but... I would definitely be more scared of Gigi in the wild than I would of Edwin Borstein. Yeah. He sleeps in a coffin at night, Dom. He, he honestly, um, at times he comes off a little pretentious. A little bit. A little bit, you know? yeah. I, I think I had said to you, uh, he's like a, a more mentally ill, taller Glenn Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> or a less mentally ill, yeah. taller yeah. Glenn but Danzig. But more coked up at least. <laughs> like if 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 Glenn Danzig wasn't so all about self-discipline and did a whole bunch of cocaine, he'd probably be this guy. <laughs> He's like a cross between Gigi Allen, Mad Max, Bob Flanagan, and Pinhead from Hellraiser. Yeah, with a little bit of Marilyn Manson in there too, I think. Yeah, a lot of Marilyn Manson, I think. Especially when he had the helmet at one point. I'm like, oh no. Here we go. He was actually into backyard deathmatch wrestling and wanted to learn, so he trained at EWF in San Bernardino place where I actually wrestled a couple of matches for. Apparently they don't like us anymore. EWF? Yeah. Why? Because of a guy whose name rhymes with Silly Slade. Oh, well, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And, and to that I say, fuck him. Yeah, I agree. So the first time I ever put screws and hooks and shit in my dick and nailed my balls to a board <laughs> was right after watching this movie. <laughs> that never happened in a match? No. Inspiration. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... This movie is basically a portrait of unchecked mental illness and drug addiction framed as a music documentary. I think that Edwin was a profoundly sad person who masked his sadness with rage. I actually liked Kettle Cadaver's music. It's very good 90s industrial metal on its own, and the stuff is definitely in my wheelhouse, like I said. And I think the added self-mutilation and shock factor added to the performance, but I think the music actually could have stood on its own without it, which is a sign of good shock rock, honestly. The one thing that's a sticking point with me is the whole, it has to be real. 
that doesn't really impress me because for me, art is about escapism and taking something that isn't real and making it temporarily real. And a great artist is someone who can make their audience suspend their disbelief. It's about the illusion. I respect people who are willing to put their entire literal blood and sweat into what they're trying to do. But that whole fuck them if they're not real thing is kind of basic and toxic because actual psychopaths and sociopaths are not something that should be glorified. And also, it's kind of like a cool kids mentality, like, yeah. oh, you know, we're going to outdo each other. Kind of like the black metal scene. Exactly like the black metal scene. Story, yeah. You know? Oh, I'm more satanic and evil than you. Well, and and I, I'm going to prove it. Yeah. And I think that bringing in that other musician, the guy who shot up the, the Christian rehab center, was sort of trying to draw a parallel on that, where even, you know, Edwin, Edwin was doing fucked up shit to himself, but. Ultimately, and I, I guess this is where we get into the whole kettle cadaver is worse than Gigi Allen thing. Um, first of all, maybe it's because I'm familiar with how deathmatch wrestling works and I'm familiar with other hardcore shock bands and people like Ron Athey and Bob Flanagan. But kettle cadaver's antics didn't really phase me. I've, I've seen that before. And I think that though kettle cadaver had a better eye for the aesthetic than Gigi Allen in the end, Edwin was doing stuff to himself and not putting the actual audience in danger. And that's the way it should be, in my opinion. But in the end, he, I think he had limits where Gigi didn't. So I think Gigi was still sicker, though that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I mean, anything that he did on stage, I would do other than hammering my balls. Like, the ball and dick related torture? Yeah. Not for me. And so that was shocking. But... The staple gun, everything else, you yeah. know, barbed wire. Gigging himself with the, the, yeah. the putty knife and Even all that. Even the needles. I've yeah. taken a needle through the throat, yeah. you know, and, and a Stone Cold Stunner with it in there. Right. Or a fish hook or whatever. It's not, it ain't that fucking bad. It's right. superficial wounds. It's it's a parlor trick. For sure. Let me pull this rabbit out of my ass, covered in razor blades. <laughs> that, would be, that would be impressive. <laughs> um, ultimately, I, I ended up feeling sorry for Edwin in the end. He clearly had a hard life and had a lot of demons to deal with, and he did the best he could on his own, but the dude needed help. And he was clearly a very creative and artistic person, and I admire that. And I think that if you learn how to balance the insanity with the humanity a little bit, and you remember that old Dave Chappelle sketch when keeping it real goes wrong? <laughs> That's him. That's exactly what this guy is. <laughs> um, he needed medication, but I, I, I think that if he got his shit together a little bit more, I, he was clearly bipolar. Um, and maybe some form of mild schizophrenia, especially like the whole thing with his ex-wife, uh, Eva, who they don't really talk a lot about it in the documentary. But his ex-wife is actually like a legendary musician in the yeah, Christian death yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah. She dated Richard Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. Yeah. She knows uh, how to pick them. Yeah, for real. Two of her exes committed suicide. And one of them was Richard Ramirez. <laughs> uh, my only complaint about this documentary is that it didn't have enough music and live shit. I wanted more of that. Fortunately, there's more out there. And uh, if you look up uh, Cattle Cadaver on YouTube, you can actually get some of their, their DVDs that they released from YouTube. And uh, I, I watched one all the way through, and I fucking Among loved it. Among the Damned. Among yeah. the Damned, yeah. I can't believe I never heard of Kettle Cadaver or Edwin Borstein. Though he sort of comes off like black metal or something, the music kind of sounds more like an industrial version of Rollins-era Black Flag. Exactly, yeah. Combined with black metal, and I kind of dig it. I also really like his megaphone mic stand thing that he was using in his videos. Yeah. That thing's cool. fucking rad. I kind of want to steal that from him. What do you think, JBB? Nah, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, you guys, I think you guys pretty much have it. Uh, 
yeah, he obviously had a hard time with the stages of grief. Uh, <laughs> the stages. <laughs> it took him a while to, to kind Three of get over that. stages of hell. <laughs> but, like, to me, he... Based on... Like, I had no idea who these people were as well. I actually thought y'all did since it was the wrestling in California and all that. But yeah, all, all the elements are there. How could we fucking not know who they are? <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. So, I mean, I, I was very interested, but... And that that's kind of the... I don't know, the problem. The documentary to me is just like a basic... Just as basic as documentaries could be. Yeah. But with very interesting subject matter that I wanted a lot more. For sure. There's uh, the editing is not too good. The direction of it is not too good. It's not a well-made documentary. Right. But the subject matter was interesting enough for it to to hold water still. Right. And I I definitely, yeah, I felt sorry for him too. He actually, I mean, there, there were times where he actually seemed pretty put together. Like, you know, it, it might be a skewed way of viewing the world or whatever, but it was still like made sense for what he was trying to, to convey, yeah, you just kind of feel sorry for him, and he just needed help. And yeah, you know, at, at one point, you know, in the very beginning, he's talking about doing a mass shooting or something like that. Like I'm the guy who would walk into the intersection and shoot all of you. And it, it, when they first show that, it's all closed in on him. But later on in the documentary, and I thought this was actually a, a very well made part. They go back to that, but the cameras panned out a little bit, and you see his friend behind him just fucking rolling his eyes. Yes, <laughs> like oh, he's down. he's doing it again. <laughs> have guy in background is totally over it <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh so yeah i think a lot of his because I, I i did some reading on the documentary afterwards and you know, even there it has a wikipedia page and there's some information there there's it, a lot that wasn't included yeah. in the documentary that's very interesting yeah. like the fact that he hadn't seen another person in over a year so he says so he says but he's jamming with his neighbor that's true and then he said, oh, I actually invited them in because I planned to kill the entire crew, but then I couldn't bring myself to do it. Like all that stuff just sounds like legend building to me. Yeah, for sure. He was he was definitely a hermit and he was definitely someone with problems. But I don't think that he actually went over a year without any other human contact. I mean, who's bringing him his cocaine? Is his, is his dealer just like dropping packages on his doorstep? He's making it out of Hershey's cocoa in the back room. <laughs> do you think that Edwin Borsing? would have committed suicide in 2017 if this movie was never released? Or do you think he used that to further build the legend he was trying to create with this documentary? This documentary rose this dude out of the trailer to try to make him mainstream. And like Gigi Allen's hated, Gigi dies at the end. Right. Gigi became way more famous after he died than he was ever in his life. And do you think that he was really trying to make a name by Kettle Cadaver by blowing his brains out. I think that he probably would have killed himself sooner from what I understand, from what I've read about after the documentary, because he ended up finding the documentary, the process of making the documentary cathartic. And he even went to the initial premiere of the documentary when it came out. So he he lived for a little for about a year after the documentary was made. Um, but if they it took him several years, to, you know, the documentary was made over a period of several years because they kept losing contact with him. Uh, which is another sign that they were dealing with someone who's bipolar because people, you know, bipolar people will do that. They'll pop up. They'll be really into whatever's going on. And they're like, oh, fuck, I can't do this anymore. And they disappear for a while. Um, So I, I think there's a strong chance that he probably would have killed himself sooner if not for the documentary. So like Hated, this movie is more than just, hey, look at the freak show. It attempts to get deeper into what makes a man. I think that that was actually a very tasteful way to do it. Also, it could have just been look at this freak show. But it did a very good job of, of humanizing him and portraying him as an artist who is deeply troubled as opposed to someone who is deeply troubled 
but is also an artist. If if that makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah, no, nah, y'all y'all said it all. I mean, I, I was very intrigued and probably will definitely like just try to find out more about it. Um, and they did try to go somewhat explain with his mom and and all these kind of uh these kind of problems. And yeah, you just feel bad for the whole <laughs> for the whole situation. To be honest, it's just. Yeah, his his story is pretty fucked up. He was definitely a victim of abuse, and it sounds like his mom was no was no peach either. Uh, and his his brother kind of shows some of those signs too, but I think his brother probably has it a little bit more together than he does. I think for the brother, it looks like it's more the drugs. Mm-hmm. You know the you know the one brother died of heroin, but why do you keep his glasses on the entire time? And he's very very like monotone, reserved. Yeah, like he doesn't give a shit about anything. Right, and that's the opposite because Edwin Borsheim gave a shit more than anyone ever in existence. Yeah. He tried to act like he didn't, but he truly gave a shit because you saw him like in the nineties looking all ripped, like Danzig making all these sets, making all these giant spikes. And their production values were fucking Mm -hmm. great on that, on the, sorry, what was the the DVD? Among the Damned. Among the Damned. The production value on that is fucking fantastic. I would put that up against any Nine Inch Nails video, any Marilyn Manson video in terms of production. And most of it was actually filmed on his property. Yeah. He spent all this time creating these sets. He gave a shit. Yeah, he did. And you can not nihilistic. No, not at all. And you can tell in those little uh, the home video clips of him having an emotional breakdown where he's talking to the camera like that's a dude who cared about what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel bad for the dude. And uh, I kind of want to give him a hug, but he's dead. So I can't. I really like this movie, even though it's not a good movie. Mm -hmm. And don't take that the wrong way, because listeners, all you guys need to watch Dead Hands Dig Deep. It's an amateurish documentary. There are little snippets of gold in there and some signs that this guy, that that this Jai Love guy knows what he's doing to some degree. Uh, I don't know if he's made anything else. I'd be interested to see what his body of work looks like afterwards. But the subject matter stood so well that it, it made up for any of the the inconsistencies in terms of production. The phrase body of work is very, very appropriate. Yeah. In this movie yeah. Because, uh. Yeah, this dude really did do a number on himself. IMDb gives it 8.1. There's some editing choices that make me a little bit off of my rating, but this was definitely compelling subject matter. I give it 8.5. Taped up Crispin Glover takes. <laughs> I gave it 8.75. I really enjoyed it in spite of its its flaws, and I am definitely fascinated by the subject, and unfortunately... Uh, none of their music is on Apple Music, uh, so I'm going to have to hunt down their music if I actually want to listen to it. But I'm definitely going to be looking for more of that. JBB. Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more than I did, uh, but I'm going to give it 7.5. Taped, taped, up, taped Crispin. up Crispin Glover dicks. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, purely because of the subject matter and the footage that they did have. And this documentary made me go down a rabbit hole of another artist uh, who puts the shit that Edwin did to shame in terms of what he does fucked up wise. He's not a musician. He's just a performance artist. Uh, But his name is Ron Athey, A-T-H-E-Y. And I I knew about him before, but he's done some new shit since uh, I'd read about him previously i knew about him because david bowie was obsessed with him and actually a bigger size of screw that he puts through his dong a baseball bat up his ass for one thing let's just say broken glass (laughs) (laughs) um but no if you look up ron athy uh you're gonna see some fucked up bloody ass body modification uh art installations that he does how old is he he's probably in his 50s now 
He's been doing it for a while. Yeah, David Bowie's uh, industrial album that he did in the 90s, Outside, was partially inspired by Ron Athey and his video for The Heart's Filthy Lesson, which was the big uh, single off of that album, um, aped a lot of Ron Athey's style in the the video. You know, thinking about this concept of Kettle Cadavern and Edwin Borstein, this may be the next music related thing i cover on true crime horror story yeah because there is a lot there with the shootings and all that kind of shit and the fucking craziness going on there this kind of aspect i may go there but next week we have mayhem who are the ogs of this kind of shit (laughs) and where they probably got a lot of it from yeah and that's it for dom and jd and jbb at the movies we'll be back with our top five horror movie characters that you have a heart on for after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back with our top five characters you have a heart on for so there's going to be some truth some truth in this top five it's <laughs> going to be some truth and some lies <laughs> get your jamie lee curtis out jbb and start dancing on my chair i i actually had to talk to my therapist before making this list and say should i reveal these things <laughs> about myself to my podcast audience and my therapist said no and i always do the opposite of what my therapist says <laughs> and jbb you know what this is a appropriate list for you it is <laughs> Although I will say I I took it out of context a little bit. Uh I pretty much have a half and half of pure teenage sexual adrenaline <laughs> nonstop action. And the other half is like guys that I really think are cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's that I hear? Is is that is that the soundtrack to the smiley face killer? <laughs> As is the custom, you are the guest. So you may start us off with your number five. My number five is played by one of the greatest actors this world has ever known. He's been in such classic hits as Jingle All the Way. (laughs) Sinbad? True lies. Sinbad? (laughs) My number five is Dutch. From Predator. Dutch from Predator. You son of a bitch. I mean, uh, <laughs> some of the best one-liners. One half of the handshake that was heard around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Him opening his eyes in the mud. Just everything about that just got me ramped up as a kid. Okay. Taught him what it means to be a man. He saw a man covered in some sort of strange crust and he was like someday yes. that will be me. now i just <laughs> yes now I just i always practice the eye-opening scene except with jizz instead of <laughs> brent makes his own mud <laughs> all right that's a strong number five for jizz real brent <laughs> 
My number five. I went literal with this. Not with the whole list, but with my number five. And my number five is Julia from Return of the Living Dead 3. Yeah. Yeah. Shoving all the shit inside of her. Speaking of kettle cadaver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She is like the female Edwin Borsky. Yeah. But with red hair and huge tits. It makes a difference. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Dom, you've, you've been very uh, persuaded by the ginger yeah. in the past. and I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it you, ends poorly. You, Dom always says it ends poorly, but sometimes, when it comes... Sometimes they end up self-mutilated corpses. <laughs> <laughs> and But when it comes to Julia in Return of the Living Dead 3, I'm all in. Yeah. Poster girl for necrophilia. The poster girl for necrophilia. <laughs> All right, so my number five, played by one of possibly the hottest actress in all of Hollywood history. I'm talking from the silent film era to to the hardcore pornography of today. And <laughs> if you know anything about me, you know that I like my women short. My number five is Tangina from Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it has angina in the name. <laughs> It's there. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Yeah, you know, she's she's a medium. She deals with ghosts. She's little. She's got a weird voice. That's all I need. Yeah. That's all I need. That's your, why I like Michelle so much. Your dick is clear. <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> all right. JBB number four. Oh, well, I definitely had to get uh, approved by JD Horror for this one. But my number four is simply the real person, Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a role. (laughs) Well, I mean, several, you know, (laughs) Color Out of Space, Mandy. I mean, even the Wicker Man I love. Vampire's Kiss is, I think, one of the the most intentionally (laughs) hilarious movies of all time. Eight millimeter. Bad Lieutenant. It's kind of a straight. it's, It's probably not really a horror movie. However, he does his thing in there as well. I just, I can't, anything he's in, I will watch and I'll probably love. I agree. Wicker Man. Bees! <laughs> What's that? What's that? Just put up red! <laughs> Not I mean, the he, sperm! He puts on a bear costume and, <laughs> and knocks out women running, running around like a maniac. <laughs> All right. My number four. My number four, again, going super literal, but there's only a couple women who have portrayed roles in horror cinema that have got my sixth grade JD balls going, like Santanico Pandemonium. Oh, that's my number three. Oh, Jisbro Brent's number three. We'll get to it later then. We'll elaborate when Jisbro Brent gets his number three. All right. So perhaps, perhaps the only thing that I like more than a short woman with a weird voice is a tall woman with very leathery skin and very pointy features. <laughs> okay. And that's why my number four is the Grand High Witch in The Witches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with man, or without the hair? Oh, man, when the hair comes off, fuck, there's no stopping me, man. I'm so just do fucking, your clothes. Uh, I'm just beating <laughs> off like a fucking, like a, like a monkey on PCP. And the only way Dom can come is when he says, Grandma! <laughs> Grandma! You're doing it to me now! <laughs> Grandma! He shoves an entire mouse up his pee hole. <laughs> you want to fuck one of those little tubes that the rodent goes through? <laughs> what do you mean, want to? You take the little uh, thing it drinks from. Yeah. With the ball in it. Yeah. 
shove that up your pee hole. It's, it's you drink from me like <laughs> it's called a pet store flashlight. <laughs> the pet store flashlight. That's my new band. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JVB, you said your number three was Santanico Pandemonium. So why do you like Selma Hayek in that role so much? <laughs> do, do, do I honestly need to say anything <laughs> about it? Oh my gosh, the snake, the everything. I mean. Oh, she was the first dancer <laughs> I'd ever seen <laughs> as a child. Dancer? I don't know. What, what about trip. Prancer? Fix, fixing. <laughs> Fuck, that was my number two and my number or my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Different reindeer? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, now I gotta Take redo all my list. Stuff out. <laughs> that I said. You know, I do not know what to say about it. I don't think there's much you have to say. Very uh, sensual. Yeah. She was her own cock block. That's a weird. Pretty much. It's a weird deal, but. That was actually that's, when I thought she was her hottest uh, was when the yeah. face changed. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I she kind of looked like a snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, most vampires, it's like teeth, eyes, forehead ridge, forehead rage, appliance thing. But no, she looked like a fucking full on snake, like a cobra. That was pretty cool. She's a fucking snake. <laughs> all the other strippers were probably jealous of her, even yeah. though they're vampires, too. Oh, this bitch, she thinks she's all that. She's up there on the stage with the snake. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the original plan was for her to come out there with a toucan. And then she's going to turn into a toucan <laughs> vampire. And she was going to be like, follow my nose. <laughs> Fruit Loops. That's what's for dinner. Yeah. My number three. Here's where I get a little bit more serious. My number three is the zombie version of Lionel's mom from Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive, Mama Vera. <laughs> Yes. That's a true meaning to a BBW. <laughs> Nestle up in those titties. Yeah. She can open up her entire womb for you. Her entire womb. She wants to take you in every inch of you, Dom. <laughs> and quite literally. <laughs> literally. The fattest ass. That's a that's a pog. That's a P-A-W-G. <laughs> She's got a badonkadonk. I'll she give her that. A badonkadonk. She's got some junk in the trunk. Yeah. She's got the big water balloon titties. <laughs> They look like those fucking pods from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> and, and you know what the best part the best part about her? You, you've got all that, but on top of that, she's a concerned mother. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to be mother. My yeah. number three. <laughs> all right. My number three. So this doesn't apply to the woman that I am with now and for the rest of my life. But in the past, I have had some codependent relationships. And there's something about a codependent relationship that really, really gets me going. And there's nothing, nothing more codependent than my number three mega hard on for Quato from Total Recall. <laughs> the baby creature. face. You've got the cutest little baby face. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking belly button child. <laughs> Reaching out with that one clawed hand, stroking the side of my face. Wow. That is disturbing, Tom. <laughs> disturbingly erotic you should read my fan fiction folder on my computer it's my quato fan fiction the fact that quato is just the perfect length and grows out of your belly button if you push his head down just right yeah or bend yourself up it's don't think i haven't thought of it the worst form of incest (laughs) is when it's part of your own body (laughs) fucking quato I would uh, actually uh, interject and say Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he's on Mars, <laughs> his eyes bugging out, <laughs> with his eyes bugging out, 
Just real Brent, why didn't you have that on your Arnold Schwarzenegger? That, that, that's actually that's actually the face that I make. <laughs> the face that I make when Quato blows me. My eyes <laughs> out of my skull. You, you think you're on zero gravity in Mars. <laughs> Playing with my third breast. <laughs> JBB number two. All right, so I'm I'm going back to my last cool guys. And this is actually going to be a tie only because they are both from the exact same movie. And I hope I do not butcher these names, but from 2010's I Saw the Devil, we have Kim So Hyun, played by <laughs> Lee Byung Hun. I love your pronunciations. Chow Min Sik by Kyung Chul. Okay. Both the protagonist and the antagonist of the movie. So the extreme rapist is on your list. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, come on. I mean, you don't have a hard on for that. Well, if you're going to do it, do it right. Is how <laughs> I say it. Serbian film, you're yeah. number one. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't think I don't have a zero. <laughs> um, no, I mean, just I, I haven't seen a movie like that where the the good guy is still a badass. Yeah. By all means. The bad guy is also a badass by all means. And it's just this clash of titans in my mind that. I saw the devil is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Me it's a too. fucking fantastic movie. I like, you know, I shouldn't say I like, that's the wrong term, but I really appreciate the fact that the character is so fleshed out and deranged that when he's on the run, everything, the weight of the world is coming down on him, the bad guy, you know, this badass fucking investigators coming after him. He knows he's fucked. He still has to rape. Yes. You know, at that at that time, he still has to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you've got a purpose, you got to live it out. <laughs> He's got to do his thing. And now if it would have been hard on scenes, it would have been the taxi scene. From the same <laughs> would have been my number two. That's good. We'll get there someday. Next time you come visit hard on scenes. <laughs> my number two, my second Latina of the list, Perdita Durango. Hell yeah. Hey, why don't you give me a couple hundred dollars? We can get a hotel room. And then, I'll suck so many dicks that we'll make a thousand dollars. She's a fucking dirty, dirty woman. Yeah. First off, it's Rosie Perez in her, in all of her glory. I don't know why, but those like ghetto, like Puerto Rican girls, I've always had a thing for that ever since I was a little boy. Yeah. Maybe it was my nanny. She used to chase me around with tongs and try to grab my dick. <laughs> That's what she would do. Yeah. Literally. Wow. Chase us all around with the tongs if we were bad. Try to grab your dick with the tongs? Sometimes I was really bad. Oh. But in Puerto Rico, they call that BDSM. <laughs> okay. I can't translate that down. What is BDSM. Sound of that going way over. Perdita Durango. JBB, you seen it yet? I actually have not. Dude. You gotta pull the trigger on Perdita. You gotta find it. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. Yeah, it is hard to find. That's the only reason that I haven't watched it yet. Well, if you want to see a version that has been dubbed in Spanish and then dubbed back to English, (laughs) JD's your man. Yes, it's pretty awesome. I got a DVD for you. You got a DVD player in the truck? Yeah, I got the PS4. All right, you're gonna leave with Perdita Durango. I'll dig that fucker out. Oh yeah, Perdita Durango. Something else to. Jack off to. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he lives his life. <laughs> I went inside of just Riddle Brent's truck today. Oh, yeah? And yeah, you came he, out? He showed me the inside. It was hard. He had to pry me off. Yeah. He had to do that buddy system, you know? <laughs> you know in Ace Ventura when he has the, the fucking raccoon? 
That was me. I was the raccoon. But he he managed to pry me out of there and not drop me. It's like cliffhanger. Wow. <laughs> he pried me off of that seat. Part of it, I got part of his upholstery on my back. <laughs> but I left that truck with an appreciation for you know what we've often talked about the man and his performance art, as you said about right, the right, other guy. Yeah. But just little Brett, man, he knows how to sling some sperm. <laughs> It's if anyone's going to make an art out of it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's why they call him fire hose. (laughs) My number two. So if if JBB can get away with just having Nick Cage as his number two, (laughs) then my number two definitely fits on this list because my number two doesn't need to have any characters mentioned. It's motherfucking Hank Skinny. Hank Skinny. He is a, a titan, a titan of vomit. (laughs) <laughs> he's an elemental force <laughs> there's no no one else in reality like that man speaking <laughs> of fire hose yeah yeah anyone who can swallow a whole baby doll arm and puke it back up is fucking hot in my book <laughs> tom you're i've never been so disturbed by you right now <laughs> does not belong on your list Ain't skinny <laughs> Well, it was just going to be the octopus that he wore on his head, but I figured I had to give the man some credit. We've all avoided the Serbian film. <laughs> and you went even further with regurgitated sacrifice. Yeah, fuck the Serbian film. Hank Skinny. <laughs> all right. And that's your number two. That's my number two. <laughs> Dom, you disturbed me. JBB, number one. Oh, once again, this is another a literal one. And once again, I don't think I really have to say anything, but... uh. Played by Natasha Hinstridge, 1995 Species, it is Seal. Yeah. Yes. Made oh, yeah. me a adolescent. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of time with that VHS as a, uh, as a young lad as well. Yeah. Species is, you know what? It's not a great movie, but it's a great set of tits. Yeah. You know what, what's a good movie that's along the same vein as Species, but doesn't have the tits, but has the good movie instead, is Splice. I I don't I don't really care for it honestly. Yeah. The CGI is so fucking over the top. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty so much. Yeah. I I don't like the computer generated graphics like that. It's just. But it's a good story. Yeah, Adrian Birdie's great. Yeah, I meant when they made his nose big with the computer graphics. Oh, eh, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need to say. They should have just put one of those Groucho Marx glasses glasses on him with the mustache. You know? <laughs> That would have been awesome. What what if Adrian Brody and Triple H got into a nose fight? Triple H's nipples would do a run-in. Oh, shit. (laughs) Plugging up his nostrils? Long, glass-cutting nipples. (laughs) Madam Darling was talking to me about that the other day, about Triple H's nipples, and I'm like, this is not a conversation I want to (laughs) have. But we're here anyway, so let's go. (laughs) Triple H's nipples and China's clit are going to fight in a jet Jesus. I wonder if they ever tied them together. (laughs) (laughs) My number one. My number one is Dr. Herbert West. (laughs) Yes. We have created life. We've brought him back from the dead. Bluetooth.com slash postmortem show. (laughs) Dr. Herbert West. Man, I love that character. All right. My number one. You know. You mentioned a Serbian film, but that's not my number one. I sure hope not. No, it's not. Because my number one is hotter than a Serbian film. 
It's hotter than any character in a Serbian film. Even the infants. Very easy to do. (laughs) Very easy to do. My number one is the homeless killer in Crazy Murder. Oh, Because I like my men shit smeared. (laughs) God, Dom. Remember that, Antoine. (laughs) He just checked out. Unsubscribe. (laughs) You smear yourself in shit and come at me with a knife. I'll marry you. <laughs> Is that what Michelle did? That's exactly what she did. <laughs> That's how I knew it was true love. She's wearing a homeless man's skin. <laughs> Silence the lamp style. Confused you, and then she trapped you. Exactly. <laughs> and, and here I am. <laughs> In all your glory. That's right. <laughs> I have a zero, by the way. It's Morticia Adams. I have a zero as well. Do I do as well. All right, JBB, what's your zero? Elvira. Me as well. Yeah. We're tied. Me and JBB, it's got to be Elvira. Number zero. Elvira, it's not just the tits. It's not, though. It is like when you're a kid, it's the tits and stuff. But as you get older. You come for the tits and you stay for the personality. Okay. You come for the tits and then you're like, oh, I like alternative girls or whatever, you know. Then you realize that she is fucking hilarious and badass in every way. She's fucking awesome. And still to this day, in her old, decrepit-ass age. But she's not decrepit. That's the thing. Like, she's still in really good shape for 70. Yeah. And um, you know what? We told the case of Dr. Carl Tanzler. Oh, yeah. I just wrote a song about him, by the way. I, I made a pact with my wife that when she dies, she lived in Napoma for a while. Do you know that? Yeah. I'm going to dig her up, Don. <laughs> I'm going to bring her back here. Okay. Endless threesome. You better start practicing with your plaster of Paris. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You just want to let her rot. Yeah, just Yeah, we're free balling it. More holes. More holes for the poking. <laughs> the tits won't rot because they're fake. That's true. All right. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. <laughs> so I have the biker Cinnabites from Mandy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I like my men in leather. <laughs> we got Ricky O from the story of Ricky. Because if he can punch a hole through someone, he can punch my holes. And my heart. <laughs> and your heart. It's way too romantic for this list. <laughs> Have uh Victor Crowley from Hatchet. <laughs> you like deformed dudes. That's well, fast kills, fast thrills. He's from Louisiana, <laughs> my home state. You gotta represent Max Katie, Kate Fear. <laughs> Mr. Bob wow. De Niro. Wow. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Now, some of that sexual chocolate. We've got Blade. <laughs> and it sucks more than blood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and rest in peace, Mr. Lee. I have the crow. And only two left. Sheriff Wydale. From the Derek Devil's Rejects. What the hell? <laughs> That's the most obscure. It's a man in uniform. It's a man in uniform right there. <laughs> well, once again, I told you, I think this is, these are cool guys to you, me. You've spent way too much time in truck stop bathrooms. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> for a good time, call Wydell. It's $2 for a shower, but $4 for JBV. <laughs> and then last but not least, Mr. Leslie Vernon. Leslie Vernon. We've hung out with that. Just dude. as attractive in person. Nice. Nice guy. Cool guy. Yeah. That's it for me. All right. My honorable mentions. Trash from Return of the Living Dead. No vagina. 
Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching many Barbie dolls as a youth. The Naked Space Vampire from Life Force. I'm going to give that one a legit thumbs up. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All Bar- joking aside. Barbara Crampton from Beyond. She was wearing that little outfit. Yeah. Mo from the convent. Not just the looks, but the attitude. Alexander Diodario from True Detective. And from the fucking shitty Texas Chainsaw Master. Any, anything that she's in. Yeah. No, I'd say that when uh, we summon the darkness, she's starting to look a little bit decrepit. She looks kind of like a combination of her old self and the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Lilith, Bordello of Blood. Alyssa Milano from Embrace of the Vampire. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I spent a lot of time with that in junior high. Very, very wide but short tits. Yeah. I like those kind of like wide short tits. I don't know why. I think it's from that movie. Anna Falci from Cemetery Man. <laughs> it's a good a- scene. Alive or dead. <laughs> yeah, either way. And that's it for mine. All my honorable mentions are pretty serious. All right. My honorable mentions certainly are not. Because my honorable mentions include... I forgot one thing. The priest from Dead Alive as well. (laughs) He kicks ass for the Lord. (laughs) And reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. The taste. (laughs) I've got Belial from Basket Case. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Next thing, best (laughs) Aquato. Ethel from Criminally Insane, a.k.a. Crazy Fat Ethel. Whoa. (laughs) Tiny Tim is Magical Mervo. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Ida Smith from Motel Hell. She can cook. Uh, she can. <laughs> and the entire cast of Kuso. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a boil. <laughs> this was quite a list. And JBB. I feel I feel ex- I feel exposed after doing this. Like like I think that all of our listeners are going to see a new side of me. Dom, they they're going to see the exact same side they've seen for <laughs> fucking almost 270 episodes. Yeah, there shouldn't be any surprises. I don't know. I was kind of surprised a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't i don't like it <laughs> the, the only thing that does not give jizz brittle brent an erection is J- me <laughs> jbb you're here you're in studio with us you've met biff my hand is on your thigh what else do you have to say <laughs> <laughs> oh nothing much just keep up the good work uh, <laughs> love hearing y'all um thank you world thank you god thank you academy out. <laughs> JBB out. All right. He just left. That's weird. He actually went through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> just a fucking little crusty boner. <laughs> man, this was a fun show. Love having JBB in studio, Dom. And what are we going to be doing next week? Same old shit. Top five uncomfortable sex scenes. Okay. As suggested by Clint Cole. All right. And on this episode, we reviewed the smiley face killers, which you should fast forward through 75% of and then watch 25% of. Yeah. And dead hands dig deep. It's pretty good. Yeah. And you can, um, you can actually watch that for free online. It, there's a website that's hosting it. Fuck. Google. Archive.org. Yeah. It's also on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just Google dead hands dig deep and it'll, it'll be there. I was eating dinner during the ball scene. Oh, He's, he's back. Ah. back. <laughs> 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 he was eating dinner during the ball scene. Yeah, I didn't know that. What were you eating? A beef empanada. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what the ball scene was. Yeah. Weird. You know what's weird about that scene? Like at at first, I was like, "Is this a Pierce vagina?" 
Like it looks like a clam. Yeah, he I turned it in on itself. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Probably not comfortable. No, no, no. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Neither was this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but JBB, we loved having you in the studio. Thanks for coming by. You're welcome here anytime. Anytime you're in California, come by. We're gonna record another. Just episode. let us know in advance so we can put plastic over everything. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> JBB's moving in. <laughs> What's that sound? Honk. Honk. <laughs> All right. And uh, if you like what you heard here, you can check us out at www.postmortemshow.com. Uh go to wherever fine podcasts give you a throbbing, throbbing erection. And Give us a subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you are so inclined. And if you are not inclined, fuck you. All right. This has been the Postmortem Show. JBB, thanks for coming in. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then. As H.P. Lovecraft once said, as he found the one thing that gave him an erection, and that thing was hating people who were not white. <laughs> if it smells like fish. Throw the fucker back. Harry Palm. Ghost boner. Just two boys and a dog and a dream. Red rocket, red rocket. <laughs> As H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back.